What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy, Nick English. If you want the facts, the stats, and all the sports info in the 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English. Appreciate everyone who's been tuning in and showing me support on both my Spotify podcasts as well as my Instagram live sessions. If you haven't done so already, please go give my podcast page a follow on Instagram. I'm trying to get to 400 followers by the end of the month. It's at English Encore Podcast, all one word. Go there and enjoy some of the previous live sessions I've had on there with Marty Baran, Takal Molson from Seton Hall, Malik Johnson from Canisius. Lots of great interviews on there. John Corder from the Buffalo Bills was on there a few weeks ago. Um, hope everyone out there had a great Father's Day. All those dads out there. Hope you had to spend some good time with your family and friends. Hope everyone is staying safe and healthy. If you didn't see already this week, I'm going to be having two Instagram live sessions because I didn't do one this weekend because of Father's Day. One of my good friends, Miguel Tunis former Cortland soccer player and current assistant men's coach at Knox College in Illinois for their men's soccer team will be joining me on Wednesday at 2 p.m. And then I'll be announcing my guest for Sunday on Thursday this week. Today I'm be going into the Sabres and what the heck happened in one week since I did a podcast about anything Buffalo sports related. I'm pretty much firing every single person in the organization outside of themselves. And then I'll be going over Jake Fromm's comments um, and tweet that surfaced about a few weeks ago. And then I'm also be giving a statement about my thoughts on everything going on in um, the world today with, you know, racism and police brutality. I think it's time I do that. I wanted to just make sure that I got my feelings correctly before, um, I stated them. It's obviously a very serious subject, and I just didn't want to, you know, have irrational thoughts or let emotions get the best of me. And because I'm angry with what's going on in the world, you know, take over for, you know, what a statement that I need to make. But I'm starting off with the Sabres. So if you didn't know, last week the Sabres fired GM Jason Botter, which they should have done. But this was following three weeks after they gave him the vote of confidence from Kim Bagula. They named Kevin Adams their new GM. He was previously the senior VP of business administration. He's been with the Sabres since 2009, so about two years before the Pagulas took over the organization. He served in many different roles, including being one of the assistant coaches on Lindy Ruff's staff. Um, He also did all of the firing, which I thought was very unprofessional, um, based on the fact that you have a new GM for one day. And he's the one that calls and tells everyone that they're fired and not the owners. Um, I thought that was a little um, odd. All three GMs that they've hired have zero GM experience. That would be Tim Murray, Jason Botterill, and now Kevin Adams, which is actually ironic because not only does Kevin Adams not have any GM experience, he doesn't even have assistant GM experience. So I found that extremely odd. I understand the move from hiring someone internally from the perspective of if you do not want to get rid of Ralph Kruger or you want to potentially elevate him in some role at some point, you almost have to go internally solely because if you go on the outside and hire a different GM, 
there's a chance that when that GM comes in, that he doesn't want Ralph Kruger as head coach. He wants to bring in his own guy. And there's very few GMs that are going to be able to go out and find that are willing to keep the coach that you have there in place unless they're, you know, well-respected. So I understand from that standpoint, at the same time, not really going through a GM search and seeing what people are out there um, is a little mind-boggling to me. It seems like the Bagulas said that they don't trust what they've been told by the hockey people around the NHL about how to try and run their organization, which clearly hasn't worked if they were listening or maybe they didn't take any of the advice. It's really hard to tell. You look back at 2013, Pat LaFontaine is your president of hockey operations. He quits after four months after his vision of how to structure the team didn't match Kim Pagula's, which was the rumor of why he quit. Never actually said that. So then with all the other firings, they fired 22 employees total. They fired the entire Rochester coaching staff, which ironically enough, about, I want to say a day or two after they were recognized by the AHL as being one of the best um, coaching staffs and the Sabres actually either liked it or quote tweeted it congratulating them, which is just like, how dumb are you on PR to make that move to like that tweet? Um, you know, it's just funny because then you hear about how the entire time when the Pagulas are on this Zoom call with all of Buffalo media and everyone answering questions about why they're firing Jason. They have Ralph on there, Kevin Adams, and they keep preaching effective, efficient, and economic is going to be the way to go for the future. And, you know, Terry gets all fired up and fires back because um, people were kind of questioning about his financial um, potential issues because of the moves and whatnot. And he said that they're fine financially and, you know, everyone's dealing with it, yada, yada, yada. And then, long behold, about an hour or two after they end the Zoom call, they fired 22 employees, pretty much everyone in their organization, like I said, outside of themselves. Everyone on Twitter, Instagram is joking. They fired even Sabretooth, the peanut guy. Like, it was just, you can't, you can't make this stuff up anymore of how bad the Sabres organization is a run. And then, you want to know how bad the Pagulas look? How about the fact that Chris Taylor, Randy Sexton, and all these other guys in Rochester either had term remaining or a guy like Chris Taylor who's actually done a decent job in Rochester and has had winning records while he's been there and made the playoffs. Probably one of the only few bright spots in the organization. Jason Botterill was giving him a contract extension as well as some of the other assistants in Rochester. And the Pagulas delayed it and then they fired him. So these guys are all expecting, they've been told by Botterill, that they're going to be getting contract extensions, which a lot of people don't like actually understand because, you know, from a regular human being like me, we look at athletes, GMs, whatever it may be. And if they get fired, we're like, ah, oh, like whatever, you know, they have a lot of money. They're going to be all right. But for a guy like Chris Taylor, when you have a family with two kids and you're getting told that you're going to get a contract extension, you get that financial stability only to have it taken away without really an explanation just looks so bad on your organization and then like the biggest like what's even more mind-boggling about this whole thing is that the pagulas go out and do their zoom call about why they're firing jason botterill yada 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 not only do the pagulas duck half the comment or questions they're asked by the media 
Literally, Kim Pagula got asked a question by Mike Harrington that had four different parts to it, and she answered the first part of the question and completely ignored every other part of the question. He asked her, do you regret your statements regarding Jason Botterill firing and all of that? And then why another first-time GM? Why should anyone have faith in you as a team president? Every former coach, GM, executive points to your leadership as the problem. She doesn't address any of that. Like, how cowardly are you? Like, own up for your mistakes. Even even if you're wrong and say that you haven't been doing a good job and you need to learn more and do so-and-so, don't just completely ignore the media and not answer any question. Like, everyone saw it. Everyone laughed at it. It was all over Twitter how the Bagulas were ducking comments left and right about their leadership. And then, you know... Apparently, Botterill was on the phone with a free agent's agent like minutes before the Sabres fired him. And then, not only do they fire the head of hockey department IT, Kyle Kiebzak, hopefully I pronounced that right, but they mistakenly fired him and they had to rehire him because they said his termination was a mistake the day after. Like, how dumb are you? Like, first and foremost, why aren't you doing the firing? And whoever was doing the firing, whether it was Kevin Adams or someone else in the organization doing it, obviously they screwed it up. Like, how does that make you look? You look even worse than you already did before. And it's just mind-boggling. Like, and it just it fascinates me how they do all these moves. They fire these 22 employees, make all these firings. An hour after they're on the Zoom call. So it's like every member of the media is like, um, yeah, Kim, Terry, I think we need to have another press conference to talk about what you just did. Like every other team in the NHL is taking notice and then you say that there's no money costs at hand. Like, give me a break. You go out and fire 22 people immediately after you get off your Zoom call saying that there's no financial issues with you or the Sabres or the Bills, whatever. I'm sure Pagula Sports Entertainment's doing just fine, Terry and Kim. What does that organization even do? They look over the Bills and Sabres, but the Bills are successful and the Sabres aren't. So you want to explain that? Um, It's just mind-blowing how, like, week after week, I really don't like doing rants. I mean, I think they're fun because I think it's good content. But after a while, when you talk about the same things over and over, just different perspectives where the Sabres just keep doing dumber and dumber things. Like, last week I'm talking about how the Sabres should be firing Jason Botteron. To a point, there are, like, myself and other people do deserve a little criticism as far as we've been begging for Botteron to be fired. Um, And then, you know, they fire him and everyone's, like, up in the air because you're like, oh my god, like, they fired him, but they also fired 22 other people. Like, isn't that what you wanted? It's kind of one of those that, it goes both ways as far as, yes, I wanted Jason Bottle fired for the job he was doing, but the way the things went down as far as his firing only three weeks after you gave him a vote of confidence and your reason for it is you have different philosophies going forward, how you want to build a team. Like, haven't you known how he wants to build a team now for like three years or else like why would you have even kept him around that long if you had different philosophies? Why did you even hire him? And then you fire 22 other people? Like, 
that just doesn't sit well with me. Um, you know, Kevin Adams, like he's been around the Sabres for a while. He's only pretty much experienced losing, so I don't know how he plans to change that. Um, I honestly just think that they need to find a different president over Kim, or they just need to sell the team and find the right people to get the Sabres back on track. I mean, the big thing in all this is how much longer is Jack Eichel going to put up with this? I mean, three GMs, like four or five coaches now. It's just, um, it's hard to even put into words, like, how the Sabres think that they're doing a good job. Like, the Bagulas just sit up there and, like, look at the media like they know everything's going to be okay and that they're doing a good job to really put the best product on the ice and the fans deserve better, but they've made no renovations to, you know, the arena since they've gotten here. All they're doing is focusing on the Bagula Sports and Entertainment and the Bills and pretty much anything outside of the Sabres organization. And it's just... It's tiring at this point. Um, they're the laughing stock of the NHL right now. I can tell you that. Um, we're almost like how the Browns were viewed of the NFL for a long time is like a joke because they didn't make the playoffs or they're going one in fifteen stuff like that. Sabers are approaching record status for as far as longest playoff drought in NHL history. Um, you have a superstar that's probably going to want out the door in a year or two. And I don't think any fan would blame him. Eichel's held up his end of the bargain thus far. But it's just... I just don't know where the Sabres go from here, to be completely honest with you. Um, they got to bring in free agents. They got to help out Eichel. Like, I don't know what they're doing now with the draft. Like, you have the expansion draft coming up and the 2020 NHL draft. And you just completely fired your entire scouting team, minus like two people. So there goes every single prospect you just scouted. You have to find more people to scout them. Um, I just don't know what the Pugulas think they're doing. Um, moving on to Jake Fromm. So I didn't talk about it last week just because I wanted to get more time to get some proper thoughts together. So about a month ago, um, some text messages surfaced from Jake Fromm. I don't know if it's from a friend or whoever it may be that just shared them. In a text conversation, they were talking about um, guns and stuff. And if you don't know Jake Fromm, he's actually known from, you know, if you go watch QB1 Beyond the Lights on Netflix, or you know him personally, you know how much he likes to go out and go hunting and all that kind of stuff. So not guns in a bad way or anything of that nature, but um, he had to apologize to his teammates and posted to his social media after text messages surfaced where he, quote, said, just make the guns very expensive so only elite white people can get them. Ha ha. So, obviously with everything going on in the world right now, um, this is a very sensitive subject. And this is something that can't get taken lightly with the amount of racism and police brutality that have been going on now for far too long in our country. But right now, um, we finally seem like we've had enough of it and protests, riots, all of that stuff is going on. Um, athletes, people everywhere are trying to make a difference, um, encouraging people to go out and vote the right people in because there are a lot of political people that aren't taking this seriously and are still pretty much doing systematic racism. And I had a very tough time thinking about how the bill should handle it because from one perspective... 
everyone in life isn't perfect and everyone makes mistakes and deserves second chances and if you can apologize and make good from your wrong then I think that's how we move on and become better people and you can't really learn um, how to become a better person unless you learn from a major mistake. Um, you look back at 2012-2013 with the Bills with Josh Allen the day of draft night. Tweets come out um, from you know high school having racist comments on his Twitter. Some of them were actually musical lyrics to rap artists, but he obviously had to apologize. And I think it is sad that in the world today that we live in that young athletes like Josh and other people around on draft nights or when things are going right for them, old tweets surface because you have people that actually just sit there and take the time to dig out old tweets about professional athletes to try to make them look bad or, you know, put them on blast for something they may have said in middle school or high school. So from Josh's perspective, it was a lot easier for him to get in the NFL and kind of walk past it because it was something he tweeted from high school and all us young high school people have made mistakes, um, regardless of your race. And um, the thing with Jake Fromm that's a little more frightening is this wasn't something that was from high school, wasn't from, you know, early college. Like, this is, like, last year. Like, this is very recent. And I know he apologized to his teammates, and I know the coaching staff says he still has a lot more apologizing to do and improving himself to do, which... I think is the right approach by the same time I do think that releasing him wouldn't have been the worst idea just because of everything going on right now you have to set a standard that stuff like that isn't okay and I know it's kind of wrong to um you know use from as a pedestal and like use him as an example but when you have other people in the world who are just average, you know, Joe Schmoes that say the same things and can get away with it. But when you have that kind of platform, especially at this time, um, doing something like that can really push towards getting to this world where we need it to be. Um, a lot of athletes have spoken out and there's been, you know, a lot of things going on to try to make this world a better place because there has been so much bad things going on for so long that we've ignored people um, in the black community about the issues that are at hand. And I just think that this is just another example of um, stuff that needs to stop happening. I'm sure there's other people and I don't want to just sit here and slander Jake Fromm because I don't know him. And from what I've seen watching him in interviews and watching QB1 Beyond the Lights on Netflix, he seems like a genuinely nice person that comes from a good family. But um, when you make a mistake like that, obviously I'm glad that he owned up to it. And his teammates are, some of them, especially Josh, have said that, you know, they've been supportive and he has apologized multiple times. And Josh said that he has his back and told him he loved him because, you know, Josh did go through the same thing just a few years ago on draft night a little different circumstances because like I said Josh's tweets were from high school and Jake's were from just about a year ago but um overall honestly I'm not really here to talk about from and the bills as much um I really just want to make a general statement after I've just had some time to put some things together 
Um, I'm trying to come up with the right words to express my opinion on what's been going on in the world. And I still don't know if this is everything I want to say, but it's definitely a start. Um, so what's been going on in our world, in our society, is wrong and has been wrong for hundreds upon thousands of years. Um, it pains me that this country is supposed to be known for freedom and one of the best places in the world. And it isn't that at all. Um, Black Lives Matter and for for a long time now as a society, we've overlooked their cries for help and many have never viewed them as equals and that's completely wrong and it's sickening to think that there are people out there who think one live matters over another based on the color of their skin i am not a black male living in america and i will never be but it is my job and our job as a country a world society to listen educate ourselves and put ourselves in the shoes of our black brothers and sisters and support them until they get the justice that they deserve. This isn't just about the George Floyds and the Breonna Taylors. This is about what those people represented an entire black community that's been asking us for help for so long that we've ignored. No longer will I tolerate racism or police brutality against the black race. I may not have the platform, but I do have a voice and the more voices heard, the more will change. I have a family and friends who are in the military or a part of the police force and can tell you that they serve their positions with dignity and morals and have done everything that they've been asked to um, as police officers. And that's why it's kind of hard um, to come up with statements like this because I do have family and friends that are in those um, positions and I know they do their job, but... At the same time, you have to look at the bigger picture, and I will continue to support them because they are my family and they are my friends, and I know that they are doing what is right in the community. But at the same time, we do have to look at the bigger picture. Um, I've never felt fear like many black people have experienced when I've been pulled over, walking down a street, um, just seeing a cop drive by. I've never had to feel um, that fear that a lot of black people have felt. Um, I saw a video the other day on Twitter of a young black boy just shooting baskets in his, um, you know, at his house. And a police officer, you can see him down the street, is about to drive by his house. And he runs and hides behind a car until he drives by. And that's just something I don't want to um, have in this world for any of our young people or anyone for that matter. And... I will never feel that, but seeing the brutality that has been caused by police officers racially profiling blacks is sickening. Um, not all white people are racist, not all blacks are thugs, and not all police are bad, and the list goes on. But at the end of the day, our world is in a bad place right now, and we as Americans have a chance to rewrite the wrong part of our history and make sure our future generations are raised in a safe and healthy world. Um... Until all black lives matter, um, my life to me doesn't matter. Some of my closest friends that I've made in my life through school, sports, work, are black. And I would never treat them any different than a white friend because that's not who I am. That's not who I was raised to be. Um, but I still need to support them and educate myself on how to help be a solution and not a problem. Um, if we stay quiet, we are the problem. Um, 
the reason I've delayed talking about this for so long is I just didn't know the right words to say. I didn't want to rush. Um, I wanted to make sure I did reach out to some of those friends and talk to them and see what they were going through and their opinions and what they were feeling and going and doing my research and trying to better myself to try to help people. Um, as a world country community, we need to come together, to protest the racial injustices in the world and make a change. We need to have more police training. We need to have more body cameras. We need to have deeper investigations and putting the right people in jail for killing innocent black men and women. Um, I'm just an ordinary kid. Um, I've had a roof over my head and a meal on my plate since I was young. Um, I will never suggest that I can feel the pain, the pain excuse me, of my black brothers and sisters have felt. But if all of us average kids step up, we can do an extraordinary thing and help put an end to racism and police brutality so that we can have one big family where race doesn't matter. Um, and that's basically um, my statement on um, what's been going on. It's obviously a very um, touchy subject, and I hope you can feel the emotion in my voice. Um, to anyone that's out there that's listening to this, we as society are going to try to do better to help everyone, specifically our black brothers and sisters that have been asking for our help for so long and no one's perfect in this world but we all need to do a better job of making sure that we are all seen as equals that's what you know america was found and raised upon i hope that as the years progress that when our kids or the kids growing up now get into the middle school high school ages when they're learning in their history classes that this is something that is talked about because for too long I feel that we've glanced over it and we haven't talked about it as serious enough as it should have been. And I hope that as a society that we can go out and vote the right people in to make a change. And I encourage all people to continue voicing their opinions on social media and whatever platforms they have. Like I said, I'm just an average human that likes talking about sports and doing a podcast, but, um, you know, for the 150 60 followers i might have on my podcast instagram page for the 20 30 if not more people that might tune in and listen to this um those are more people that i'm touching and trying to make an impact and making my voice heard so um just because you might not have a huge following or maybe you're just an average person don't think that your opinion doesn't matter um speak up for what you believe in um go out and do donate to you know black Lives matter groups um, I know I'm going to try to do more of that and educate myself more and continue to have conversations with my friends to better educate myself and, um, you know, just be safe when you go to these protests, continue to do it peacefully. Um, obviously things can get out of hand at some of them, but do your best to stay safe and healthy out there. Um, and that's pretty much all I have black lives matters until, that happens across the entire United States. Um, I don't think that our lives should matter until we're all viewed as equals. Um, this is Nick English. It's been English Encore. I'm going to be signing out. I'll be back on Wednesday for a live session with Miguel Tunis from Knox College uh, Men's Soccer. So please tune in for that and give my page a follow. And I'll be back on Friday for another podcast episode. Um, and then Sunday I'll be announcing 
my or excuse me on Thursday I'll be announcing my guests for Sunday for a live session. This has been English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel.